Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. The iCritical Care Podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts, Dr. Richard Savell. Dr. Savell is the Associate Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. He also is an Assistant Professor of Medicine at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care Podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email info at sccm.org. Hello and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast for September 7th, 2005. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. On today's podcast, we will provide an audio companion to an article from the June 2005 edition of Critical Connections. The title of the article, Critical Care Pharmacists, Bringing Unique Viewpoints to the Multiprofessional Team, by Marissa Glass, PharmD, Critical Care Clinical Pharmacist, Tampa General Hospital, and Ernest Alexander, PharmD, Pharmacotherapy Specialist in Critical Care, also Tampa General Hospital. JT is a 47-year-old man who was admitted to the Neurosciences Intensive Care Unit after sustaining traumatic brain injury in a motorcycle accident. His Glasgow Coma Scale was 5, and he required intubation and an intraventricular catheter to monitor and manage intracranial hypertension. After three days of hospitalization, he became agitated and pulled out the intraventricular catheter. At the time the catheter was removed, JT was receiving a continuous intravenous infusion of propofol at 10 micrograms per kilogram per minute, as well as fentanyl citrate at 25 micrograms via intravenous boluses as needed. No fentanyl citrate boluses had been administered within the 12 hours preceding the event. Looking in retrospect at the patient's chart, it was noted that his level of sedation was not documented consistently on the nursing flow sheet. The prescriber's orders for sedation read, Propofol 5 micrograms per kilogram per minute, titrate to sedation. Circumstances like JT's were not uncommon in the neuroscience ICU. During the next two weeks, two other incidents occurred in which patients were over-sedated or under-sedated, resulting in similar situations. These events prompted further investigation, identifying several inconsistencies with sedation practices in all of the hospital's ICUs. The critical care pharmacists prompt identification of these management breakdowns coupled with the coordination of a multi-professional team facilitated quality improvement in the ICU. Although the current generation of personal digital assistants provides significant pharmaceutical information to the practicing critical care clinician at the point of care, clinical pharmacists are more than just walking PDAs. They provide pharmacological expertise, important clinical perspective, and therapeutic judgment beyond the capabilities of any medical software program. Over the last decade, the role of the critical care pharmacist has been defined more clearly. However, some members of the ICU team may still have questions. Where exactly does a pharmacist fit in on the multiprofessional critical care team? How does the pharmacist integrate individual patient care and clinical responsibilities 
with the more traditional roles of the critical care pharmacist. The investigative process in the above example began with a thorough review of published literature focusing on evidence-based strategies for the provision of sedation and analgesia. Deviations from the standard of care were recognized by evaluating practice guidelines published by the Society of Critical Care Medicine. Breakdowns can be identified when no guidance is provided to the prescriber related to the selection of sedative or analgesic therapy, an inadequate level of sedation is administered, documentation regarding the level of sedation is omitted, the sedation scale used on nursing flow sheets is invalid, the sedation endpoint in the prescriber's order is absent, or a pharmacist's direct involvement in bedside rounds is lacking. As part of the team, the critical care pharmacist was instrumental in coordinating the activities to rectify these issues. A sedation and analgesia protocol was developed to provide guidance regarding sedative and analgesic choices based on patient-specific characteristics and duration of sedation. The ICU pharmacists were in a position to educate the nursing and medical staff regarding the intent and utilization of these guidelines. Nursing education was initiated to address the appropriate assessment of sedation. The importance of documenting the level of sedation was re-emphasized to nurses, and the sedation scale was actually changed from the Ramsey scale to the ICU-validated Motor Activity Assessment Scale, or MOSS. Pharmacists participated in bedside rounds with the ICU team, providing the perfect opportunity for them to integrate these new principles into the plan of care for patients. Physician education further stressed the need to address analgesia in conjunction with sedation and to specify the desired level of sedation based on the MOSS scale. Standard prescription orders also were developed, streamlining the process and minimizing deviations from the protocol. Follow-up evaluation of sedation management in this particular ICU has resulted in a drastic improvement in patient outcomes. To maintain this level of consistency, the entire team must reinforce appropriate patient care practices. By partnering with other members of the ICU team, pharmacists are able to expand on the traditional role of dispensing drug information support. In 2002, the Society of Critical Care Medicine published a position paper providing a detailed description of the scope of critical care pharmacy practice and service. Pharmacists can assist the critical care team in effective and safe drug utilization by coordinating the development and implementation of drug therapy protocols and guidelines. Implementing guidelines is one of the many opportunities a clinical pharmacist has to give input on drug therapy, provide pharmaceutical care, manage resources, optimize medication-related outcomes, and improve the safety and quality of care provided to critically ill patients. This concludes our podcast for September 7th, 2005. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members of the critical care community. Critical Connections is the official bi-monthly news magazine of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, offering the latest information about critical care to healthcare professionals. Members of the Society of Critical Care Medicine receive a free subscription as well as other benefits. For more information, visit www.sccm.org. 
Thanks again for listening. Registration is open for SCCM's 35th Critical Care Congress. Please note the date and location change to January 7th through 11th, 2006 at the San Francisco Masconi West Convention Center. Learn innovative treatments in critical care, as well as fundamental business practices to improve your ICU environment, all developed by a multi-professional team of critical care experts. Register today by speaking with a SCCM customer service representative at 1-847-827-6888 or visit www.sccm.org. Don't miss out on this unsurpassed educational opportunity in beautiful San Francisco, California.